Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we help you with daily sales advice that helps you sell better. Let us know what your role is. That's the question that's up right now. That's how we tailor the conversation to the folks that are in the room so we can make it relevant to you. I'm going to pull my screen up here, let you guys know what you are here to talk about. Today, we are going to cover all things creativity about cold prospecting techniques that book more meetings and so on. That's what you're here to learn about. I'm your host, James Say What Sales Buckley. In one of these boxes, you will see the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Dale Dupree of the Sales Rebellion is with us today. Another creative mind is here with us as well. You've seen him on LinkedIn often. Uh, and if you've ever been to an event with him, he is a tough one to forget. Mr. Ryan O'Hara, welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. I feel like we're in the hot box here. Well, it's not quite the hot box, but I think a lot of folks have seen you guys. And we're going to talk about familiarity and recognition and what that does for your pipeline as we move forward. Before we dive in, though, go ahead and scan this QR code. Check out our new website, sellbetter.xyz. Learn more about how you can become a part of the show if you're selling in the B2B space. That is something that we can talk about. Explore our YouTube channel. That is the name of the game. We put all our highlights and quips out there. Big Thanks to our partners for being a part of the Sell Better Daily Sales Show. Vidyard and Apollo coming in hot. You know these teams. They're the best and the brightest in the game. And we've got something awesome for you today. Our friends over at Gong have released Gong Engage to the Wild. Goodbye for hoping for a win, playing the law of averages and overwhelming tasks and more. Is this curious for you yet? I hope so. And if it is, we're going to drop a link right here so that you can book your look today. That's all you want to do is take a look at this thing and see how this AI-driven solution is guaranteed to scale from your first touch to closed one. Let's talk about what you're going to get today. Innovative sales tactics to overcome standard outreach fatigue. Everyone suffers from it. I'm tired of sending the same damn templated emails every day. How to generate pipeline by creating captivating content. Get that attention. You need to get that attention. And then some insights and some ideas for yourself about how you can create captivating content. Let's take about a couple of seconds here. Look at the, who's in the room. Check it out, fellas. Damn, SDRs. 43% of our voters are SDRs looking to get creative. Shout out to you for leaning into that. 19% senior leadership. Let's just give a big thanks for the senior leaderships that are coming out here. We need more people like you that want to do change in their organizations and their teams. So tell your friends. All right, let's get to it. Here we go. Uh, Ryan, these are some things that you've done that I just think are so outside of the box. Talk about how these worked, and then we're going to give you another tactic from Dale. Okay. All right, so give you guys some storyline a little bit. Many years ago, like 2011, it was like the dead armpit of like the holiday season. And when you sell the people that work in IT and network operations and stuff, they don't move any infrastructure or do anything. They won't switch vendors and stuff. I was selling managed DNS and I went to my boss and was like, hey, I had this idea. What if we made some music videos for prospects? So they gave me a budget and said, keep it under five grand go figure out how to make music videos for these prospects. And I had every sales rep on the floor give me a target account. We made uh, a total of seven music videos. Six of them turned into customers. The seventh one, Expedia, didn't even respond to us. Boo, Expedia, don't use Expedia. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, there, I could say that. It's been 10 years. So I can do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it's definitely past that uh, that point where you can talk about it. <laughs> We made we made um we made these music videos that were like eighties montage songs and they were mostly about why we were like ready to work with them and it was mainly about them and why they're awesome and it was very very cool. Uh, one thing that happened though is one of the guys I prospected was this guy named Jason Killar who was used to be the CEO of HBO. Uh, he was the CEO of Hulu at the time. We that was one of the companies we got and he forwarded it to his entire press list and I got picked up all over the internet 
about making these music videos. And it changed my life. Like, it's honestly like why I'm here where I am today because I took this chance. Yeah. And as you are listening to this or an AE and you're like, man, I got to take some gambles and do some stuff. You don't have to stay in the confines of a cold call or a cold email. You can do some cool creative stuff. That's true. And I think most SDRs need to know that they have that ability, but we're going to talk more about that. I know we always have questions around it. Dale, you sent me some screenshots that I think are probably some of the best screenshots. And for those of you that might need help reading that trophy, tell them what it says, Dale. <laughs> That's hardest CTIO to get a meeting with. <laughs> Did you send that to someone? Yeah, as well. So this picture is cool. This is an old uh, touch piece that I used to use back when I sold copy machines, especially when I was selling to big aerospace organizations. Uh, most of the time, the CTO or CIO was in charge. And uh, I actually got an appointment with the Port Authority in Cape Canaveral. It's a billion-dollar entity with this trophy. Now, this trophy, though, this is what's fun. This was used by one of my mentees out of the... Uh, University of Central Florida's professional selling program. And he saw what I had done and was like, I'm going to try this out. And he was in Chicago, like a completely different type of prospect, completely different industry, but the 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 title was the same. So he used the same trophy. This is his. This got posted on LinkedIn. The CTIO actually posted this on LinkedIn and said, shout out to the guy that sent me this most creative thing I've ever gotten. And the post exploded. This was back in 2019, I want to say, 2020, somewhere in that range. Post exploded. Dude got the meeting from it eventually. And then he got the sale from it as well, too. Yeah. So I, it really like the point I'm sending to this one was not just to say, like, this is a great way to get an appointment. It's also good for your social proof. And ultimately, it allows people the opportunity to do things like take a second out of their day and share what just happened to them. When you can create a moment like that for somebody, you're like on a whole new level. And the, the crumpled letters over to the right that you see, this is the game right here. Shout out to Yo, This is easily my favorite thing that he does. <laughs> this is a good one. We got a lot of great rebels that use this effectively. I want to tell the story of Derek just real briefly, a couple seconds. Uh, Derek works in the packaging industry and he goes door to door. That's how he sells. No, but these companies are massive. You know, some of them have a security guard out front. You can't just like walk through them. So he uses that crumpled letter, those red envelopes, the letters all crumpled up inside, but it but it's it's pressed out, right? So I just want to help you out with the visual. It's pressed out. So like it looks like a letter, it's just looks like trash. And the letters themselves actually tell the C D level executive that you're talking to, like, hey, most of the sales and marketing when you get it are trash. And so I pre-crumpled this letter to make it easier for you to throw away. So this guy's elevated his income on a level that I can't even express, but like he has completely changed his life in the process, built better relationships with people, friendships through business, basically, and been able to create moments for folks that build loyalty toward him, not just recognition of that he's a good cold caller, but ultimately something much deeper and much more beneficial to you as a seller. Just incredible right there. And I love this crumpled letter technique. I talk about it with every salesperson that I meet. I point them in the direction of the sales rebellion so that they can learn more about it. I never give it all away, you know, because you can't give it all away. You got to let them see it work and see the results first. I'm asking you guys this because we've talked about a couple different techniques already. Let's be honest. This is anonymous. You don't have to worry about being judged. No one's throwing any stones at you. How creative are you in your processes? And while we're doing that and you guys are answering that question, I want to talk about outreach fatigue but not outreach fatigue from the buyer's perspective, 
outreach fatigue from your perspective, the seller's perspective. Put a one in the chat if you're tired of sending the same damn templated emails to every prospect, no matter what. Put a one in the chat if you just want more control over your message. Ryan, tell me about some ways that you have overcome outreach fatigue. So the first thing I want to recommend is you should think about your cadences and your sequences as if you're doing a campaign. It's campaign-based prospecting, basically. The idea is that you come up with something that you want to do as an orchestrated campaign of something creative, and you're able to hammer out doing that activity more than once without being bored of it because there's a little bit of a, like a canvas that you can paint with. So when I did the music video campaign, for example, I didn't do the same music video for everybody, but the first 15 seconds, the last 15 seconds were almost identical. The middle would be customized to the prospect. When we, we did a video once where we sent uh, a string quartet to people, so like I got... I hired a string quartet. I'd go stalk these people on Facebook and see what music and bands they like. And then I gave the string quartet sheet music and they played covers of them. And I had a video where I'm like, hey, this is, I saw you like Panic at the Disco. Here's a song by them. And I panned the camera over. The idea is that you want to do something that's creative and fun. And you think about your job as an SDR and AE, almost like you're Don Draper at an ad agency, minus the womanizing and alcoholism. Um, you'll be in a good spot. Like you have a lot of fun actually with like, with like, approaching prospecting where it's not Groundhog Day every single day. You can actually do some creative stuff. Make a schedule. Be like, I'm going to take this Friday afternoon. I'm going to, uh, if you come up with an idea, write it down on a notepad and save it for a Friday afternoon to go do that creative stuff and then go execute it the week after. And you can crank out these things like an assembly line doing it over and over and over again so you don't get tired of doing the same thing on email and calls. And then your boss is yelling you being like, yo, you're not in your activity goal. What the hell? I mean, I can do like, I've done video campaigns before where I've done like 12 to 15 videos for 12 to 15 different target accounts. And I can do that in two or three hours, just getting in front of the camera and talking on my phone like a jackass. There's some incredible value in just being willing to be that goofy person that's reaching out. Uh, and I think that's something that both of you tend to capture really well. Like, hey, let's have fun with this. People, and I say this all the time, y'all, people forget this job is supposed to be fun. Don't forget that part. If you're not having fun doing this, please, please go do something else. You're making it harder for the rest of us to have a good time with this. Uh, all right. So again, let's stay on the monotony piece. Check out these results right here. It looks like most people are willing to admit that only a little bit of creativity is going into their outreach. Y'all, 62% of my voters, just step it up a little bit, just a little bit. I'm not saying you got to go like all in. I'm saying step it up just a hair. And you'll probably get some really good results out of it. Just a little bit goes a long you're, way. You're an artist. Everyone here, sales is not just science, it's art. And you're, you've are you got a canvas you can paint with. Yeah, 100% true. Dale, uh, this is one that I've actually had happen to me before. Somebody has sent me a book and wrote something in it to me directly. These people immediately get a thank you. And then what can I do for you? How does this work for you? Tell me the context behind this. Yeah, speaking of art, uh, this, is, this is a fantastic touch piece. Uh, the book itself is actually written by your prospect. Uh, and there's even an about the author section on the inside cover that you can see here in this photo that shows your prospect as well, too. It's easy also to just for anybody that's sitting here thinking like this has got to take a lot of time. First and foremost, it doesn't. Secondly, if you if you feel that way, just hit the sales rebellion up. We do fulfillment for all these things and, because this is simply something that should not be glossed over anymore for some stupid reason of inconvenience for ourselves because this gives people an extremely creative experience that makes them feel seen and heard. And that's what we should be doing as people, not just as sellers, 
the more that we can take these labels that have boxed us in and created less creativity in the way that we approach people and created less of a human approach in the way that we reach out to people, we got to get rid of them, bottom line. So what's fun about that touch piece too is like that little note on the inside is actually, it says, hey, hey, look, the pages of this book are blank. You know, the title is something particular that that person wants to accomplish at their organization. The subtext is some fun subtext in most cases that makes them laugh a little bit. They see that they're the author, they smile, they open it up, the pages are blank. Little note right there, it says, these pages are blank because you and I have yet to write this story. Romanticizing future relationships through creative outreach is extremely important inside of what you're doing. We talk a lot about creative outreach of the sales rebellion. We teach it on the daily. And the biggest thought behind all of this is that it goes beyond like monotony and, and like not being creative. Okay. What, what people need to understand here is that the, the thing that you need to be doing is speaking to relevant emotional context. Like if I speak to something that's like a stereotype of your industry or familiar to you in regards to your day-to-day practices, and, and that's less of just like a generic talking point also. But something that goes just a little beyond the surface and that that's relevant to you. It's not a gimmick that way. So it's not like a shoe in the door and can I get a meeting now that I got a foot in? You know, it's it goes beyond that. Where those things work pretty well, but we're trying to create impact for people. Like what we really got to think about as sellers is not not just like how do I set an appointment and capture attention, but how do I become unforgettable? And how do I how do I get ultimately get business out of my job as a seller is to close business. Right. So how do I get business out of this as well too? Or at the very least, how do I serve somebody in order to earn their trust so that I can be an appro- appropriately be a, a referral source with this person? Like anytime somebody needs sales training, they think of Dale, that kind of thought process. The more that we open our mind to that in the way that we're creatively reaching out to people, the more that we connect with them. And the more we connect with people, the bigger our network becomes. And and then suddenly you're Ryan O'Hara and you know the president of the United States and you get invited in limousines everywhere. And I've seen him parachuting from the Paris uh, Eiffel Tower. I mean, like, yeah, I've seen you do all that stuff. You're uh, you're a legend. I got to add something. I got to add something to what Dale just said, too. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, man, I, have, I don't have any ideas or anything. Think about what you do in your personal life. Do you have a skill? Can you play guitar? Can you play instruments? Do you beatbox do you have something cool that you can do do you know magic if you know magic message me on linkedin i love magic I need a magic trick it's sick i actually saw a vidyard rep do that once um the point is take a skill that you have in your life figure out how to put it into your prospecting i make music sometimes i used to do a thing where like i'd grab my webcam and a piano and i'd improvise and write a really quick song for a target account record it with a video and then send it to them and i'd book like 40 or 50 percent of them in the meetings doing this and it'd take me 10 minutes instead of writing an email or doing a call. I'd just do that and then say, hey, I made this video for you. That's all you have to do. Don't sell too much. Just do something creative and fun and put your own hobbies and interests into it. I, I like the emotional bone that we're tapping into here um, and the human bone. I've often said that I think people buy with emotions. They're usually buying to solve a problem. So they're buying to solve some level of frustration that they've had, right? And they want to eliminate the frustration, but we sell with data and features and functions. And those two things are not complementary. If you want someone to buy with their emotions, I hope you're selling to them on an emotional level to some extent. That's why it's so important to identify the pain. But let's talk about how we get to that point in the first place, because we're talking about doing something creative for the sake of prospecting. And I think both of you have a gift for content that leads to this connection. And that's often what ends up having a conversation, right? Content, connection, conversation, that path seems to make a lot of sense to me. 
So Ryan, uh, this was an example that we have, and we're going to drop the link. For those of you that want to see like the real videos that Ryan has created, we're going to drop the links to those in the chat so that you guys can go and see them. But Ryan's going to talk about this one so that you can see the context behind it and how it earned a meeting with him. Yeah, so I did this thing where I like making videos and I like being goofy and doing this thing. I read, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm giving you examples of how I get the inspiration for these things. I was listening to a podcast with Michael Shore, who is one of the guys that made Parks and Recreation. Mm. And he was talking about how when they filmed the show, they used to do fun runs. So they'd let an actor basically do like five takes and just kind of improvise and see if they caught something better than what was written sometimes. And then in the cutting room, they would do that. I did a campaign where I just basically tried out to be a, a spokesperson for a company. I was in a tuxedo and we made an uh, ad where I'm reading and trying to sell that company's product. And I made this for Lead IQ and we sent it out. This one's for Infoblox. This stuff doesn't have to be blocked out, James. It's cool. But anyway, <laughs> I sent it out to Infoblox and it's basically me talking about how I'm going through uh, an awful, terrible divorce with my wife, Carol, who I made up in the whole plot of this story. Yeah. Th don't, don't be alarmed, y'all. That's just part of the story. But I keep talking about I keep talking about um, how Infoblox gives me the stability that I need in my life because I don't have in my personal life. And like the whole joke is that I'm a terrible spokesperson for their company. And like at the end, we have like a little voiceover that's like Ryan was taken away from the premises afterward. I did this for 15 different accounts. Like I just made a bunch of these and uh, I filmed them all in one day, had the setup, what are we right here? And uh, just filmed a bunch of them and then would just slowly chip away. Like I'm going to do one this Friday. And the thing that I did that was really unique is I threw it up on LinkedIn and just tagged the company. And then I DM'd a couple people that I knew that worked there and said, hey, can you tag people? And what would happen is you'd see this flood of a couple hundred people from the, this 5,000 person company engaging and liking that content. Yeah. And they'd book, like they'd book, like you got, I got the meeting, let's go. <laughs> I think, I think what's uh, capturing my attention here and the theme that I'm picking up from both of you is that no matter what you're doing, you're doing it on a very personal level. It's not just creative, but it's also personal. It's meaningful for the individual. And that brings me to Dale's next example. Dale, uh, when I saw this, I was like, all right, so do you like walk around with all this stuff in your wallet and show this to people randomly? I would see like the guy in line that talks to every stranger and being like, oh, here, let me, let me open my wallet and show you my kids, right? Like with all the... <laughs> now that quiet, that would be kind of a little risk. Yeah, this is a, like what you're looking at is again another prospecting tool. Um, this also works in like the best part about a lot of our creative tools that we've put together at the Sales Rebellion is that they can be used for a myriad of different things. I like this one for the clothes. So imagine that you get a, a a wallet in the mail with some like fake Sales Rebellion currency, a Rebellion loyalty club, and like it's punched inside of there like all the way to the last one, and it says with the last one it says like you get a, a contract that you pay for with us. <laughs> And and then like the driver's license that you can't see, it says rebel license on there. It's actually like a picture of your prospect and, and like, and, and it's all their, their date of birth and everything, but it's like, it's silly. It's fun. When it says like height, it says like perfectly tall, <laughs> you know, like, and then the picture up there is, is actually your prospects, like, and you Photoshopped. And that's actually, I think that's the Patriots Super Bowl. I can't remember what Super Bowl it is, but, but, uh, you know, like j shout out to Jeremiah Griffin, as a matter of fact, he's that big burly ginger face all the way to the right over there in that picture he created this touch piece it's a genius touch piece it works brilliantly for people again like to introduce yourself or to close and like so imagine them with the clothes and it says like hey i've been waiting for you to sign the paperwork i think you might have lost your wallet so i, I found it and here it is 
it's a it's a fun way to again just like be very relevant to what the situation is that you're in with somebody to be more fun more more creative and and really when you're being creative you're showing somebody your worst you're showing somebody a skill that in some cases they don't have or they don't believe that they have like everybody's creative and like ryan was saying earlier like i can't figure out what i do like Making yeah. you juggle, like, that's cool. I can't do that. You know, like, creativity comes in a lot of different forms. And, but really what it is, is it's just connection. So if we're, if we're truly trying to impact people and connect with them, then creativity just naturally happens. That's how it should happen. It should feel organic. Uh, for those of you that want to participate with these experts on creativity that just have such colorful minds, let's play a game. There used to be a show. Let me know if you know. Put a one in the chat if you've ever heard of the Animaniacs. If you know the Animaniacs, there used to be a good idea, bad idea. Let's do good idea, bad idea in the Q&A. If you have a creative idea, put it in the Q&A, starting with the words good idea, bad idea, and then put your idea. And at the end, Dale and Ryan and I will chop it up and let you know if we think it's a good idea, bad idea. That's, that sounds like a good time. All right. Uh, I want to talk about this campaign that you ran, Ryan, where you actually created a real commercial for a prospect. This is an incredible story. I'll talk about creativity. All right. So here's the backstory. I can spill some beans. I just can't spill some of the stuff. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> you were working a deal with Zoom at Lead IQ. Big deal. Hundreds of seats were on it. Um, and our main contact that we were working with at Zoom uh, left. They left Zoom. And we were like, crap, we didn't do a good job getting the full committee. They're international. This is like when Zoom was just crazy in 2020, 2021. So we had to track them down and the sales team came to me and was like, hey, we got some accounts that we have in pipe that we, you know, that are going cold. Can we do something cool? And I, for some reason, was like really into like, we had just uh, started binge watching a bunch of like terrible 90s commercials, like the Folgers, like, you know, best part of waking up with Folgers in your cup. Ooh, I was, that was good. Dale, maybe I'd be in your band back in the day. Um but they, they have all these commercial jingles and stuff. And I was like, I want to do that for a SaaS company. So we came up with this idea to reheat the deal to make a, a 90s commercial for Zoom. And I threw it's super schlocky and corny and terrible. And uh, me and a couple people, Lead IQ went and shot at the beach. We threw it up uh, on LinkedIn. We had an intro that said, hey, we, this person didn't say we could do this. We just wanted to do this for fun. If Zoom has a problem with it, we apologize. They didn't ask us to do this. You know, little disclaimer. And then we made this 90s jingle for it. At the end, there's a freeze frame of me and as our contact information bottom. How many people from Zoom you think watched it? Oh, let, let the audience guess. How many people from Zoom video conferencing watched this commercial? What is your guess? Put it in the chat right now. Uh, oh, 6,302. We are shooting high. Everyone right there. I got a lot of everyone's. Uh, I don't know what Salisbury, is that where you're tuning in from? Yeah, yeah, that's very <laughs> shot. That was very shot. Um, so we ended up, LinkedIn will actually tell you how many people viewed your video from a company. Yeah. Go click on the analytics for it. I mean, it we, was, we emailed it first over email and I, I had well over 300 views from people over email because it clearly been forwarded around the office. On LinkedIn, we had over 1200 views from people from Zoom. So like it, it, the thing that's cool is if someone from Zoom watches the video on LinkedIn and comments or engages with it, it'll go up in their feed. And then people that are in their feed happen to be people they work with. That's who you see on LinkedIn, right? So you see your colleagues and your coworkers and stuff. Um, but the cool part is we reheated the deal and uh, we started the relationship up with them again. And that's a way of kind of building in and getting the right contact back in. 
I, I like the creativity behind it, but I also like that so many people were about that creativity. It just points to the magnetism that comes from something that is creative versus something that's, you know, templated or generic. Uh, Dale, I think this is probably, uh, let me know in the chat. Yes or no for my sushi lovers. Are you a sushi or you, you like sushi? Uh, because I think this one is one that you will use often if you like sushi. So Dale, break this down for everybody while we run through it real quick. <laughs> I'm happy to break it down. So basically what y'all are seeing is this, uh, rebel out of Pennsylvania. And this guy actually runs a letter campaign similar to like what we were just looking at earlier, the rental letters, the crumple letters, the pre-burn letters, the coffee letters. This is the sushi box letter. So that sushi box will show up on your desk and inside of it is a letter for you. There's some chopsticks on the top. There's like even a little fortune cookie inside. And ultimately, like it asks you to go to lunch and break bread with them in fellowship and get to know them a little bit better. Uh, or just like take an appointment in general, you know, like they're, <laughs> they're cool with anything, but you know, just, it's just a little bit different. And again, the messaging carries towards something that somebody would actually enjoy to an extent as well, too. I think uh, we've got a, away from like relationships and business. Matter of fact, there's a question in here right now that talks about like being professional. And I oh, just yeah. want to like throw some fire at that real quick that I think that like building this box of professionalism is a cop out. It's a way for people to control you ultimately inside of your sales career. And so the more that you sit around and think like, oh, that's not business professional, the further down the hole you go, you will never make it to the mountains that you seek to climb. You will never get the success that you seek to achieve because you're you're literally stopping yourself from becoming the best version of yourself because you're worried that it's not professional enough. And professional, give me a break. Like, do you know the stories, just out of curiosity, everybody, that happen in professional environments, right? They're disgusting. The things that happen inside of a professional environment are the same things that happen inside of the real world. So we have to stop creating these boxes. And so for me, when I when I think about this whole aspect of like building relationships and sales and how we've gotten away from it, because it's not business-centric to an extent, and like what happens to me is like we again we cut ourselves up at the knees and we and we basically say I'm here to do transactions to make it to 65 to maybe retire even though inflation's going to make it to where I'm literally never going to be able to do that and and then I'm going to die one day you know like what a waste of life ladies and gentlemen I'm sorry to say it but to me like that just feels like something that we are subscribing to because it's been told to us instead of looking deeper and seeing that ultimately success is well beyond this idea of transactions. It is the circles that you create around yourself. It's the community that you on a daily basis are breathing life into. It is so much more than what we've created it over the last several years. Can I, I feel like anybody else feel like Dale needs to drop that mic right quick. Like just drop it, man. Just you're done. This is it, bro. <laughs> I, I want to, I want to answer that question too, just to put in perspective, the people that you prospect they go home, they watch Saturday Night Live. They watch funny clips on YouTube. They're probably on social looking at things like this. They eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream, which is make, they make silly flavors. They laugh at their kid. They, they are interesting people. The reason they climbed up the ladder at these companies is because they're, extra, they're extraordinary. And if you do boring outreach with extraordinary people and you don't seem extraordinary, guess what? They're not going to want to hang out with you. They're not going to be your friend and they're not going to want to open up with you and reveal pain and then end up closing business with you. So that's so what I think about it. So so that that's that's why I'm bringing this up right now is so that people can see creativity does not have to be something that is um 
super impactful. It can just be silly. It can have some meaning behind it, but it can also be silly. You mentioned, Ryan, that you were prospected by a Vidyard cold caller once. Tell me that story because I have something similar to say about being prospected by Vidyard. Yeah. So uh, a couple of years ago, I was working at the library because my air conditioning was broken in my house. And I got cold called by a guy named Kenny at Vidyard. And Kenny messaged me and was like, hey, I was doing a Google search and saw all these articles about a video prospecting campaign that you did, the one we talked about earlier. And he had all this research fleshed out and just talked about like how cool it was. And he said he watched all the videos and saw the playlist and all this stuff. And I was like, I gotta get out of the library. And I left the library and went outside to talk to this rep, even though I was like in a place where you're not supposed to be on your phone, because he went out there and did his research and made an authentic connection with me. And that's really what it's about here. It's about like, trying to figure out a way to make it so that you delight someone. I know it sounds super vain, but like it felt good having someone say, yeah, I noticed something you did. I noticed some work that you did that was really cool. And you want to really just focus on delighting your prospect with stuff. The pictures that James just showed you, me and this guy, Brian, were, uh, Brian was getting a haircut and I called him. I was like, hey dude, we have a meeting at three. Are you going to be here? And he was like, I'm in the middle of a haircut. I got a mullet right now. That's what his voice sounded like. And I was like, stop your haircut. Let's come down here. And we just took a bunch of pictures of Brian looking like a dirt bag in our, sna our snack closet. Whoa, then, whoa, whoa. Let's not throw stones at mullets. <laughs> hey, James, James, it's different though. Cause you've got, you've got like a little bit of like a Simba vibe going on right now. Like, I feel like hey, that's what I do. But, uh, anyway, uh, so Brian and I ended up actually just taking a bunch of these funny pictures of us doing poses with him with a mullet. And then we used it in prospecting stuff later on. We made posters and sent them out to people and like, Super fun, easy campaign. We didn't know how we were going to use it. We're like, let's just take these pictures and figure out how to do it. Like, we'll we'll use them later on at some point. And it ended up yielding like a 60 to 70% response rate on our prospecting eventually. If they didn't that's, respond to the first email, we would mail them a poster in the mail with a note. That's a hell of a reply rate, 60, 70%. I know a lot of folks that aspire to that 35% range and they yeah. struggle to get past the 15% range. So take notes, y'all, because these are easy things that is a little bit of bravery, a little bit of courage, right? A little bit of uh, confidence in yourself to step out and do something different. You could really end up impacting a lot of folks. We are going to move to Q&A soon. So I want to prompt everybody to go ahead and ask their questions. And because Ryan told a story about getting... 300 people at Zoom conference calls to watch his commercial, I have to ask, right? Like how many people are usually involved in y'all's deals? Because if you got 300 people, that is some hella groundswell to be able to go to leadership and say, hey, we made an impact here. Like we've earned a conversation and make no mistake. I've said it before. I'll say it again. And I'd love you two's opinions on this. People believe that opportunities are created. I think this is false. I think opportunities are earned. What are your thoughts on that difference and how do you articulate it yourselves? We'll start with Dale. You know, defer to Ryan, bro, because I, I feel like he's the best person to answer this. All right. That's, that's really nice. I'm getting emotional. Um, I totally agree, James, with getting, having opportunities get earned. It's, it's literally about how do I make a person feel really special and important to me? How do I prove that? There's a constant, one of the worst things that could happen. You guys ever hear about like you, when you're selling a deal, one of the closing techniques they teach you, if you do face-to-face -face and door-to-door -door is to act indifferent about closing the deal. The worst thing you can do when you prospect is seem indifferent toward the person you're prospecting. Yo. Like that, it's the opposite for prospecting. You want to, I have 50 hours a week that I can choose what I do at that time to get in front of people. 
and I'm stopping and choosing you because you're extraordinary. And that's what it's really about. If you can make, think about it like this, the future of prospecting, if you're going to do highly personalized stuff is going to be making Super Bowl ads, but for one account at a time. And that that's like, that's where we're heading with this thing. Email, phone, all this stuff, it's going to, it's going to get harder and harder to do because it's easier and easier to do. Well, it looks like a lot of people are working with two to three people and I love the 17% of you that said as many as are needed. That is kind of where I land. Like I don't, I could get on a call with 30 stakeholders and I will talk to every single one of them with no fear. Uh, but that's just me. That's not everybody. Uh, Ryan, you said the future of prospecting. So let me, let me pivot to Dale and give him the idea for a prediction here. Uh, and then we're going to move to Q and A. So get your questions in, uh, real quick. What do you think the future of prospecting is? The way that you guys have gone about it has been super creative, very personal, high touch, but very valuable and meaningful for people. Uh, is this going to be the norm, do you think, coming up? Or do you see us backsliding? This is a deep answer. I'm, I guess I have I, no expectation I, for anything else. <laughs> I, I ultimately think that like the future of prospecting is just the past. It's going back to the things that we got away from in the first place. Okay. Because we decided at some point in time that like, oh, that's not scalable or I want to get in front of more people like this very selfish intention ultimately inside of the way that we've evolved prospecting to begin with instead of understanding that it's about the people that you seek to serve. It doesn't even have anything to do with you in the first place. Like, how do you make a commission check? So most people would answer that as like, I sell something. Yeah, but like, how do you sell something? Most people would say, uh, by like doing the call, like they just answer the wrong way. It's like, you know, you sell things because people buy from you. Like, and people buy from you because they're attracted to what it is that that you're doing. So earlier, the, the brand made the same of indifference. Like you need a relationship with people. I don't really care about the bandwagon of folks that think that somehow that's null and void because a relationship is just trust. It doesn't mean that you're having pizza on Friday night with somebody and like, there for their kids christenings you know like all 17 of them right like it, a relationship is trust it's just trust that's all it is it's trust it's credibility with other people we've gotten so far away from that there's nothing but garbage in my inbox right now there's nothing but garbage in my voicemail right now there's nothing but garbage when i pick up finally to take a cold call in hopes like oh god will this be the one salesperson that finally is different like now it's the same thing every time Push for the appointment, close some business. Like no one seeks to understand anymore. No one wants to even know themselves. They just want to get in their role, check out from reality, make some money and move on with their life. And that's not reality. You've been lied to once again for a very long time and things have to change. And they're going to change in a way though that's going to go backwards. And that's a good thing because there's like a, there's a salesman in like 1920, uh, Capone, Todd. He, he posted this not too long ago and it was like, um, I think it was 1920 where like he was the number one salesperson in the company in the city. They threw a parade for the guy. The whole city celebrated him because he was like the literal man, like the guy that everybody knew and loved and appreciated and he did great work and he built a community around his success as well too. That's what we have to get back to. We've gotten so far away from that. It's unrecognizable. So this isn't even about personalization. That's a buzzword at this point. This is about connection. This is about impact. This is about mindfulness, thoughtfulness, and seeking to be something better. None of y'all are doing that. I'm sorry to say it. And maybe some of you are, okay? That's fine. And I, I'm excited for you. And I'm I'm stoked to hear about those stories. But 99% of the time, again, every email I get, I, I have yet to open a good email in 2023. I've yet to open a good DM in my LinkedIn inbox in 2023, right? Like it sucks. 
we have to start changing these things. And it starts with each and every single one of us on this call, including myself. I can be better at this too. And the more we push ourselves to do it, the more we choose legendary and, and, and take that rebellious lifestyle that I have dedicated myself to, the further we go. Tune in for our new sales show, The Sales Sermon, that airs every Sunday starring Dale Dupree coming at you live from East Tennessee in the Great Smoky Mountains. I'm only kidding, but that is a good sermon. I would definitely show up for that one on Sunday morning. All right, uh, here we go. Let's get a quick Q&A going. Uh, first good idea, bad idea comes from Leslie Spivey. Poems to prospects. Uh, Ryan, your creative brain just beckons to answer this one. Well, I've done lyrics for prospects when I've written songs. Um, John Mazza, who used to work with me at Lead IQ, used to send haikus to people. He'd like write a bunch of haikus for people. And the great part is they're very easy to read on a phone when you write it in a cold email. Here's the thing that I want to just bring up with everybody. If you do something like a poem for a prospect, love the idea. The cool part is your follow-up cold call, your follow-up email, your follow-up LinkedIn messages. Hey, did you read my poem? That stands out way more than, hey, did you get my email? Just checking in. You know, like one of those stock follow-up things. Yeah. You she like, just be like, hey, I wrote you a really heartfelt poem. Not sure if you got to check it out. Um, then you re rehash what you did. If you do something extraordinary at the beginning of your cadence or sequence, it makes all your follow-up stuff about like, hey, this cool thing that I did, I'm reminding you for it. I'm reminding you about it. That's kind of the idea here. I think it's a cool idea. Give it a try. See so I'm a, I'm a writing major. I graduated with a writing degree. I took every literature class there was to take. And I definitely say, write your poems, uh, but just make sure they're not about you. They're about your prospect. That's the hard yes. part when yep. it comes to writing. Uh, that, that's something I've, I've had to really dial in for myself. I write about me a lot. Uh, stop writing about you. It works better if you write about them. Uh, next, good idea, bad idea. or real. So this one comes from, uh, I think I'm saying your name correctly, Gagan. If I'm saying it correctly, let me know. Lokesh. He says, good idea, cringe idea. A little smiley face there. Create a customized comic book. This prospect is in the spotlight as the hero. He or she or they solve a potential problem with a tool or service uh, in the comic as a and it results and and the results of it will be captured as the comic story progress. Forgive me for the reading there. Uh, I was trying to get that right. This has the rebellion written all over it. Dale, what is your thought on this? <laughs> uh, I've done it. So it's a great idea and it works really well. And if you, and the best part is, is if you can like tell a story through the touch piece, the better, right? The future story is what you really want to tell too. So don't just like, if you do something like a comic or a book or, uh, you know, a magazine article or a DVD or whatever you do, like it, it, write the future story. Don't just talk about like what could be happening right now. Talk about what they want to achieve ultimately. That it 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 works better. And mostly because everybody wants to achieve something. And it's kind of easy to figure that out if you understand industry, if you look at their organizational structure, if you check out like some of the articles that they're writing and their blog posts, whatever. It's easier to figure that out. It, because a lot of times people are gonna throw generic pain at them. Like, hey, companies like you have issues like this. Like yeah, it's like, yeah, of course we do. Like everybody does, but but tell that future story and the comic does a really good job of that. So massive thumbs up to the comic. Yeah, give it a go. See if it works. The worst thing that can happen is that you've made a great comic book and how bad is that? That's not bad. All right, Ryan, this is something that you brought up and I want to talk about creativity and campaigns and I want to give you the time to talk about it. So you got about a two minute window here uh, and then we'll wrap it up with a final thought from Dale. 
I could actually stack this with one of the questions that was asked. Someone asked me, oh, if we ever did a creative prospecting campaign that flopped. And the truth is, yeah, all the time. Once in a while, you'll do these things and it won't work out. One of the things that I did that didn't wasn't contagious and that's why it flopped is I remember that commercial I talked about I did, I did the jingle for Zoom. Yeah. We actually did a campaign where it was just me performing the jingle and it flopped. It didn't get shared around their office. It wasn't cool enough. And I was like, oh, well, what if maybe we'll make videos for it and it'll work a lot better. Um, that's an example of this. Contagious content. So let me talk about this really quick. If you make something in prospecting, you should be comfortable with your mom printing it out and putting it on the fridge at your house. That's like a good rule of thumb that I'd have for anything that you do here. That's good. Good. It's probably not good enough to share with your prospect. I'm not saying it has to be perfect. You should be proud of the work that you do. If you want stuff to be contagious, there's an author, uh, Jonah Berger, that wrote a book called Contagious. And he basically studied what makes things go viral. And what you want to do with your prospecting is you want to try and make something and engineer it to go viral internally at that company. So if you're doing something for one person, uh, the more personalized you do it for that one person, the less likely it'll go viral. But it's nice to do that if you want to yield a higher response. You want to do something about a company and an account and have it spread around over and over and over and over again. Uh, you need to follow these contagious steps. It has to have has to make the person feel cool. Has to have a trigger that says, "Oh yeah, I thought about this." Most people share stuff offline, not online. If I get a really cool letter from Dale that's crumbled up, I might go run over and talk to a coworker about it. That's what you want to create because now all these people are in the committee. You know what happens with our discovery calls? I get five or six people on those calls instead of one because they all want to meet the person that did that crazy like tactic or whatever it was. Yeah. That's good. And that's that recognition, right? Hey, I know that guy. I got to hear that. I got to see that. I want to talk to that person. That person is somebody that is magnetic for me. That is an attracting quality in somebody that's trying to gain traction within an account. Uh, all right. So you guys know I wrap these with final thoughts. And I think Ryan's thought there on creativity in a campaign is fantastic. Shout out to Jerry Springer for the final thought. Uh, all right, Dale, if you had everybody walking away from this today, what would you have them walking away from? You got like one minute. Yeah, I would I would sum everything up with like creativity should translate purpose and ultimately a reason for why somebody should be speaking to you in the first place. Also, this idea of like creativity being a silver bullet, just get it out of your head. I had like a 70 plus percent response rate to my crumpled letters when I first started these campaigns. And I mean, we get rebels that do it all the time, but just because they respond doesn't mean that it doesn't say, hey, great marketing, we're not interested. Right. So just remember that like, Building a relationship takes time and it's like that in normal, actual, real, literal life. And it's like that in business too, because it's the freaking same thing. It's a human being with blood rushing through their veins, lit, trying to provide for their family, do what they love and live their life. You're doing the same thing. The more you can connect to that and ultimately go beyond the standard of business, the further you will go in your sales career and the more successful you will become. Man, I want to thank you both for coming out and sharing your wisdom today. We are going to drop Ryan and Dale's LinkedIn links in the chat right now. You need to go follow these two individuals. You need to start talking about the things that are going to change your results. And the creative minds that are in the room right now are folks that you definitely want to connect with. I want to thank you all for coming out, sharing your time with us. We know that it's valuable. We know that it takes some time out of your day and it matters to us that you come and learn. Follow us on social. Check out our new website, sellbetter.xyz. Connect with me personally at Say What Sales. I've never met a stranger in my life, just a friend that I haven't met yet. We are going to be back tomorrow with more spectacular guests to help you sell better. Have a great day, everybody. Go get them. You got this.